Hey everyone, welcome to Seen and Heard, conversations about how to live an authentic, fulfilling, and joyful life. I'm Willa, and I'm excited to be hosting these chats with my dear friends, Smitha. Hey Willa, good to be here. And Raha. Hola ladies, happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's flow, let's flow. How are you all today? We are still in quarantine. How are you all doing? We're in quarantine, but I feel like we see the light at the end of the tunnel. These vaccines, we're getting shots in arms. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. It feels so much more promising and hopeful. And it's this beautiful feeling for us as a collective to be going through this. We all go through peaks and troughs in our lives, but to go through something like this together and feel like, hey, we're approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. It is a beautiful feeling. I hear you on that. Mm -hmm. I am in Jackson. And it's beautiful here. I've never been. This is my first time. It's mountains beyond mountains, like Mother Nature being an artist. I I love that. I love that. (laughs) I feel like I have been reeling a little bit since our last conversation, which was just a week ago. But it was really just uh, such a joy to talk to you Mm. guys about some of these topics where usually I just don't have the space to do it. We're moving so fast. And off really COVID has made things slow down. But but even then, to find friends that you can find a safe space to talk about some of these topics, I'm, I'm just still smiling about our last conversation. But then I was even thinking deeper about, well, we said a lot of words, and I would love to just unpack some of the language that we introduced, mm-hmm. just starting with basics. We all said how we're looking for quality connection and a sense of community, would love to just ask you both, how do you think about defining connection and what does that mean to you? Yeah, so many thoughts on this. I I love that. I love that. (laughs) I'll let you get started. I think so much of it is being connected to yourself. And that's something that Smitha brought up in a previous conversation. But so much of finding good, authentic connection is knowing yourself. What do you need? What are the things that you enjoy doing? And how do you cultivate a community over time so that all of the different parts of you are fulfilled and your needs in different parts of life are met? I think a lot of times people don't pay attention to the fact that maybe they really need someone to dance with, but all of their friends are from work. So you don't really have any friends to dance with. And I think over time, what happens is if you don't have someone to go with, it ends up being way less fun. And this really delightful thing starts to go away from your life. Mm. And for me, that's such a big part of it is knowing what you need and then intentionally building your community to make sure all your needs are met. But when you do that, you're also able to help fulfill other people's needs at the same time, which then like creates this beautiful form of connection. That's a big one for me. What about you? Yeah. Any thoughts? You know, I I love the intentionality behind that. That's a really beautiful thing. And I think we're not often asked to be that intentional with the things that make us come alive, right? Like when you're caught in the rhythm of life and being an adult. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what I find funny about COVID is that in some ways it's actually halted us from exploring 
things with such intentionality in some ways, right? To your point about dancing, all three of us are dancers. And for me, I would go to dance class or when we were together at Harvard, we would congregate to dance. And I'm just thinking about Mm -hmm. everyone who doesn't have that opportunity now. And for me, connection has been so radically redefined during COVID when there have been this barriers put up to my own kind of ideas of intentionality. And I think what's been really beautiful alongside that intentionality has been this ability to just lean back and sit and just listen. Everything got so quiet and is so Mm. quiet now. And so much of this is just listening in that silence to ourselves, like you said, Willa, and really thinking about what makes me come alive in this moment. And it could be that there's so many things I could do before, but there were maybe some ways I was asleep before that just by listening to myself, it's that connecting with ourselves that then lets us connect to others and bring that authenticity into our relationships with others. And I know, Smitha, we chatted before about what connection with others and friends meant as you redefined it during COVID. I thought that was super interesting, too. Yeah, I mean, I think you both made really good points. And especially around what sparks joy and what relationships do you need to actively invest in and build in your life to come alive and and to spark that joy, not only Mm -hmm. for you, but with others. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is also thinking about who are the types of people you want in your life and and what do you want from them and what do you want to give to them? Mm -hmm. And some of that also gives grace to each of those relationships because you're not asking for everything from everyone, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're not demanding Mm -hmm. one person in Mm -hmm. your life. It's the one person you share your most vulnerable moments with, also vent about work, also are able to dance with, also have the levity and and kind of spontaneity with, but also the person who's just always at your beck and call, right? Mm -hmm. You're not demanding one person to necessarily do this. And Mm -hmm. of course, like when you find that kindred spirit that checks all those boxes, like hold on to them dearly and don't let them go. That is just instant connection, true connection. That is a soul sister or brother. I think that is a separate conversation. Like, how do you find that? And how do you hold on to that? But just thinking about any relationship you have, whether it's a friend, whether it's romantic, whether it's Mm. a parent, cousin, Mm. work colleague, right? There's so many different types of relationships that we have. And each different relationship serves a different purpose for us and sparks joy for us in different ways and others for different ways. So some of the self-reflection is understanding what sparks joy, thinking about how can I be active in my life and invest in those relationships that I think will get me that. And then Mm -hmm. just giving them the grace to do so within that construct and don't put so much pressure on every single person in your life to provide everything in your life, because that's just unnecessary (laughs) so I don't know I maybe this is a hot take Mm -hmm. but that's just how I feel and I think when I give myself totally grace it has lifted a lot of pressure from a lot of the friendships that I have and I think there's just yeah there's so much beauty in how multifaceted that can look you Smitha Willa and I all met through exploring our careers and I know that's been a point of connection it's a world through which we sought connection right yeah I love the word invest in building your community. And I think part of building those strong connections is giving it time. And also, I think there's a part that goes back to knowing what you need. And if there's someone that you really value, but you need them to do a small thing differently, it's so helpful to coach your friends. It's like the gift of Mm. feedback of being like, you might not be aware of this, but like, 
when you flake, it's very mm. annoying. And you this know, is a I personal, that, like, personal pet to... peeve of Willa for those listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is so true. It's very annoying to me when people flake. And if I don't say to someone, it actually makes it harder for me to get closer to them. But like when you get it out, uh, yeah. like I have found that when you're friends with someone, they will make the change. And then it's so much easier to have the grace that Smith had talked about and be like, okay, I said it, I'm, I had my peace with it, move onwards. And so uh, that's a part of the conversation that I'm personally really passionate about is how do you yeah. have patience? At the same time, part of the connection discovery process, you might discover this person is not for you and be like, it's okay. It's okay to not have this person in your life because cultivating the community that you're around is so important. There's research mm. around how you become like the five people that you spend the most time with. Yeah. It is completely fair and fine to say this is not the type of friendship that I want. And that intentionality goes so far. You know, what I find really beautiful about what you both said is that both sides of having grace and having what it sounds like or being able to articulate your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think both those things are so beautiful together because it really starts with knowing what do I want from this world when we articulate those boundaries to others. And at the same time, there's something behind what you said that allows for a kind of forgiving nature and a fluidity in how people grow yeah. within relationships. And how there can be different seasons to a relationship if we take like COVID as a season where people might be acting a little differently because they're dealing with their own stuff. Or even if we look at like our own romantic relationships, mm -hmm. so many things were strengthened by me being able to articulate certain things or articulate boundaries. And at the same time, acknowledging the fact that they are their own growing being. And if we give it that respect, there's so much permission there and grace. And if I look at the entirety of some of my most meaningful connections then whether it's with best friends or family or romantic relationships etc it's just something that built through allowing that fluidity yeah. I, I think there's so much there 100 percent. the themes of flow which we love to say that word but let relationships flow they are dynamic in nature they are not static mm -hmm. in nature yeah. so let's mm -hmm. acknowledge that and yeah. let's give ourselves the space to flow. Let's grow as people and also with others. And I think that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I and love that. just, I hope that we get to talk about this idea of seasonality. And I know that we might mm -hmm. be bringing in some special guests who I know, at least the few that we've been talking about, have also thought deeply about this concept, because it is just another framework to think about your friendships and relationships in the fact that there could be seasonality to to relationships, maybe childhood ones or even ones from business school mm -hmm. and later on in your life when you're friends with your kids, friends, parents, right? That might have seasonality to it. So just the idea that mm -hmm. it's okay mm -hmm. for those relationships to ebb and flow mm. and perhaps the season ends or a new season begins. It's just a really nice concept yeah. to think about yeah. this, which doesn't feel so... Yeah restricting totally yeah and ha having signs that can guide you around what you need or what you feel in a certain moment and there's two that come mm. to mind right now from our previous mm. conversations one is uh, Raha mentioned that she recognized a relationship wasn't right for her when they realized they were dimming each other's lights 
Oh, and wow. I, I love that concept mm. around like, let's if, talk if exes. You yeah, totally. Say, like, hey, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I, I want to surround myself with people who bring me to life where my light is not yeah. dimmed, but my light is strengthened, where it turns into a giant fireplace. That's a really Yay. cool sign and indicator that captures a feeling that we are not taught to look for in school. I love the way that you use that language, Raha. And the other one that's tied into what we were just talking about is, do you feel you can communicate directly with this person? Yeah. Okay. Quote that guides my life. A person's success in life is directly correlated with the number of difficult conversations they are willing to have. This could be a whole thing, a whole conversation around indicators for yourself. And for me, those are two that have come up in our conversations that have guided me towards people that don't dim my light, that allow me to speak freely without fear, without judgment. As I think through that, it also changes my own behavior. Am I welcoming these conversations? Am I acting in a way that dim other people's lights? I need a word for the opposite of dim. What's what's like where you like pour gasoline fuel onto someone else's light? Where you fire it up, yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, I love that because those things, the idea of that light in someone and what it means to bring that out versus to dim it is so beautifully given meaning when we talk about what it means to directly communicate with each other. Those go hand in hand, I think. Often, what keeps us from articulating to someone our needs or desires or seeing it in them are sometimes maybe because we feel that we're not in a safe place for our light to be shown. Mm -hmm. When we might not, like to your point, well, about being able to say something and trusting that it'll be taken in a constructive way or in a slightly forgiving Mm -hmm. way. That requires a place of vulnerability. And I think the thread that connects all of these examples we've been talking about together Mm -hmm. is this idea of in order to bring our light forward and in order to have direct conversation and communication with others so that we can articulate our light and acknowledge it in others, we have to be able to feel seen and heard, Mm -hmm. you know, in those relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the, the most beautiful relationships in our lives but the ones that make us come alive and I, it seems like such a vague word but I think we all know what that feels like when we say that mm-hmm. light in us come mm-hmm. alive I think there's so much there about feeling seen and heard just like you said Willa to bring out that human part of you so much of the totally. work to feel seen and heard starts with being able to see yourself and hear yourself and trust yourself and believe in yourself. I think that is a lifelong journey, but that's definitely how I felt. I may not have been representing myself in the most authentic, vulnerable way with previous, particularly romantic relationships. And I think a lot of that is because I hadn't done the work to really peel back the layers internally and just understand who I am. And I know that this is something that I will be continuing to do over the course of my life and hopefully these types of conversations challenge me to continue to do that work and I think just to give a preview of what's to come a a deep dive on how do you connect with yourself and how do you really Mm -hmm. feel seen and heard by yourself Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. as a way to be the starting Mm. point to then let yourself give yourself the permission to be seen by others and then find the people 
in this world who will take the initiative and invest in seeing you Mm -hmm. and hearing you. Mm -hmm. And so that is just like this continual cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And when we talk about continual cycle, also the zigzagging back and forth to your points earlier about Mm -hmm. seasonality and fluidity Mm -hmm. and relationships building, say you even find that career or that person or that friend or that romantic partner who you really feel seen and heard by and even at points then you are changing they are changing and there's sometimes points of conflict like how do we come back when we're going into these relationships and building them and growing them and letting them pivot even with our careers you we go into one area and then reflect and say hey I've developed this but I also like to build Mm. this or I'm understanding that feeling seen means this and I I love what y'all had said earlier about feeling scared to be vulnerable versus being willing to have those difficult conversations because I can tell you in a lot of my relationships there have been difficult conversations in all of them even the ones that have been really meaningful and the ones that haven't it's just the differences I've found than the meaningful ones where you can bring in that trust and vulnerability because you feel seen that we're gonna have Mm -hmm. this but this is us having this as opposed to me being afraid that I have to maintain mm-hmm. a veneer and I'm going to lose that. It's two very different kinds of difficult. And the second one, to Willis point, feels so much more direct and so much more collaborative. And it's if you're building something together, which is mm-hmm. so scary, mm-hmm. but so rewarding. I, I think there's like a whole conversation around signs of connection. There's another whole chunk around doing the work on yourself, but doing it not in an isolated place because mm-hmm. when the work is really being done, yes. I think it's yeah. in constant practice with other people. I think I'm here. What do you think about this? And if you don't become open to the world and open to connecting with others, you won't get the feedback and you're just stunting your own growth. If Even if we take that to the realm of romantic relationships, oh, I don't know if yeah. y'all have heard of Esther Perel, yeah. but she says, Something so interesting that really resonated with me when we think about connecting with ourselves versus others. And she said, in a relationship, there's some theories out there or some ideas out there that we have to be fully whole to come into a relationship and really love someone and bring that, you know, fully. And now this is true in many ways. You need to bring your full self into a relationship so you Mm -hmm. avoid ideas of codependency. But I, I love what she said about the idea that, like, you you cannot learn what it means to be a beautiful half of a relationship Mm -hmm. in a vacuum. And so much of that Mm -hmm. has to do Mm -hmm. with learning with the person you're with. And this is romantic, but it's also friendship. And it's exactly like you said, it's about those feedback mechanisms. And to Mm -hmm. our points about Mm -hmm. grace, forgiveness, building, vulnerability, there's so much beauty mm-hmm. there when you can mm-hmm. open yourself up to that feedback loop. Oh, it, you know, like <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> let me just acknowledge that I asked a pretty innocent, innocent question at the beginning, and here we are, like multiple <laughs> tangential conversations. So, I mean, I think, I think we started to unpack connection, <laughs> and we were able to. We're so complimentary, <laughs> but I think we realized. Like, let, me, let me bring it in. But I also let think that. This in. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about a lot of things, let's be clear. But at the end of the day, we did start with the first two dimensions of connection, and which is 
what is the connection that you have with yourself and with others and understanding that it is a dynamic fluid situation. But maybe we take a quick pause here just to personally reset and refresh. But when we come back, I want to talk about what does it mean to also feel connected to society? And there's so many ways that we Mm -hmm. show up in the world, whether it is in our environments, the fashion and and the the way that we dress and put on makeup, what lipstick do you wear, right? There's that appearance. And there's social media Mm. and the way you show up in the world. There's also the way just society perceives you. And I think right now, not to get too heavy, but we are in this week where there has been a lot Mm -hmm. of hate crimes, particularly to the Asian American community. And we are all (laughs) part of that community. And there's just so much. Mm -hmm. And we're Asian American women too. There's just all of that. But why don't we maybe take a quick break before we talk about relationships. That sounds great. they say when you're in flow time flies I feel like we're in flow well that was a really good break for us to just reset after probably 15 conversations we just had at once and so uh, (laughs) welcome to flow ladies yeah welcome to flow so let's uh (laughs) let's talk about the the last dimension and how we feel connected and how do we feel seen and heard by society or not seen and heard by society for all the the folks who can't see us right now we are all people who identify as women and we are also women of color and so with that i might just start with willa you know there's been a lot going on over the last year with increased hate crimes to asian americans particularly in just the last 24 hours with everything that happened in atlanta i mean how is this affecting the way you feel seen and heard by society yeah it's a crazy time right now because just yesterday there were some shootings in Georgia that were targeted at Asian-owned spas and resulted in the death of Asian American women who were working in the spas. My initial reaction is that it's heartbreaking and my second reaction is that there's still such disconnect in America within America. I've always thought that one of the most beautiful things about America is that there's so many people from all sorts of different backgrounds that come around and we're able to co-create the country that we live in together in the spirit of the American dream. And when you hear hate crimes happening, it is like, oh, there's a lot to be done around helping people understand each other, even within our country. And it's a crazy moment to be living in. Do you all have any thoughts? I will say that I can't speak to this as directly. Like the news that came out yesterday regarding the shootings in the Asian spas, as you mentioned, well, like I can't speak to this as directly as you can because I'm, I'm not East Asian. I'm, I'm a South Asian woman. But I will say understanding what was going on through media portrayals was really hard for me because at first it was just like, okay, there's just been a shooting and certain outlets weren't even reporting on the fact that the targets were Asian women, East Asian women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then there was reporting of those details and the implications of that. And I think that was in a way almost triggering for me because it's just a reminder of how often and how insidiously Asian women, and this is sometimes including South Asian women, but obviously different, can be fetishized, hypersexualized, and in other ways silenced and their identities othered. And I think that's really hard when we talk about what it means to walk through society as carrying our identities. I think some of this is painful, you know, some of the erasure is painful, especially as all three of us have gone through institutions, going to grad school, whether it's law school, business school, going into big firms or these big companies and seeing the voices that are given mics figuratively versus not like it's Mm -hmm. just It's just hard. And I've noticed this in many different ways. Like, how is there room for me as a woman with my mannerisms? It's also made me hyper aware of how others who have identities that I might not relate to, whether it's different Mm -hmm. races or sexualities, etc., might not have space made for them in these worlds either. It's just, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's a heavy feeling. I'll say that. But your point on the media and who takes up space in the world that we live in, who owns the narrative is an incredibly powerful point to recognize right now. Yeah, I I think that's spot on because there's so much power that the media holds and there's no accountability to uphold a standard of truth or to be equal and unbiased in the way that we report. There's also the idea of representation and how do we just broaden how we can see minorities and communities of color in not only traumatic circumstances. How do mm. we celebrate the joy, yes. the success, yeah. the love totally. that is missing? And something that I at least try to look for, this is again, another proactive thing that folks can try to do. Is how can we find stories and how do we find new medium to celebrate diversity? So part of it is representation, but another metaphor that I I find helpful is my dad used to always ask us this question, is America a melting pot or is it a tossed salad? And just this Mm. idea that when it is a melting pot, you're basically just- That is such a Dr. Ramakrishna (laughs) thing to say. I need to meet your dad. Yeah, Yeah. we should bring him on the podcast. Oh my gosh, yes. Bring parents on, that'd be hilarious, yeah. No, I love that, I love that. There is a difference, right? When you always say America's a melting pot, we're all assimilating to one construct versus it's a tossed salad. We're all celebrating each of the different flavors and, and pieces of that. And it all together tastes wonderful. That's just a different frame to think about America. And I, mm-hmm. I think in my life, I have had moments when as a first generation American have wanted to be part of a melting pot and assimilate in other moments when I've really wanted to feel different and celebrate my cultural diversity. So that could be just another conversation that we have during this podcast. I love what your dad said, Smitha. It's something I ask myself all the time. And I'm Canadian, right? So I grew up in Toronto, which is supposedly one of the most multicultural cities in the world. And you're constantly seeing these different leaves of the salad. But I feel like we all have that shared experience as Asian women growing up in North America, as kids of immigrants, trying to figure out our identity and all the beautiful tradition that came with it while piecing together what part of our identity is in this world we're growing up in. And 
like you mentioned, Smith, that has been changing for me. I've found myself connecting to my South Asian heritage. I'm part Indian in, in new ways. And I've realized that's okay. That's fluid. And that's okay. That's been changing. And it, it speaks to how our idea of what it means to be seen and heard evolves and grows. And so... Yeah, I think that's a wonderful place to end this podcast on connection, because I think it really is about feeling seen and heard, whether it's within ourselves or with other people or with society as a whole, and how doing that and reflecting on that can make space for other people or communities to feel seen and heard. And I think I'd love to, if this is all right, guys, end this with a prompt for anyone listening. And I just throw this to everyone listening, you know, what does it mean for you to feel seen and heard? What has that looked like to you in some of your most meaningful relationships? And what did that feel like? And what were some moments there that really resonated with you when you think about feeling seen and heard? Amazing. Well, with that, why don't we say goodbye for for now and, and talk next week? I love it. Awesome. Thanks all for listening. Hope you have a week of flow. (laughs) I love chatting with you guys. This is always nourishing. Yeah, that was good for the soul.